0: Okay, everybody, welcome to um, White Line Fever Kicks. We haven't, I think it's, is this the first one we did this year? Maybe we did one in January. So apologies for the last couple of weeks. Um, Some of it was, I was involved in travel. Uh, I was coming back from the homeland of our next guest, the new chairman of Rugby League Island, Jim Reynolds. Hello, Jim.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Steve?
0: I'm good. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, Now, this is one of those ones where I'm not going to have to ask many questions because... I guess to some people, we're introducing you because, you know, they might have seen a picture of you or a story about you, but they don't know much about you. But I will start with one question, the good one. Is it true you are um, related to sure. South Sydney Halfback,
1: Adam Reynolds? I wish I was. <laughs> I I probably would, just having the same surname, we probably are pretty much. I do have cousins, uh, Reynolds is there, down Coogee Beach and uh, around there. And, um, and have met uh, Adam uh, a few times. A really really nice guy, but um, but no, I don't think we're uh, we're 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 terribly related. But uh, I I I leave it blank anyway. Just to say, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big fan of his anyway.
0: Yeah, if you go back far enough, you probably are. You probably are. So so um, I guess yeah. As I said, that's the only. Tri- oh,
1: indeed, of course.
0: <laughs> if you um, that's the only tricky question I've got. Um, what, what's the story? how, how did you? How did you come to be involved in rugby league? I hear that you, you didn't come from another sport. You're a died in the wool you know, rugby league person. Um, how, how did you come to, uh, to to take have this role?
1: Um, well, uh, uh, not a direct route at all. Um, uh, basically, I have been a fan of rugby league since I've been a kid. Uh, my, my, my late father was, and uh, we used to watch it... Uh, used to get a lot more coverage on BBC it was on sort of every Saturday in that. And so uh, I'm showing my age, but the days of Eddie Waring and, uh, and all that was, uh, uh, was good. So anytime Rugby League would be on TV, um, I I definitely would be watching it. I just, you know, as a kid, it's just a very exciting form of sport. Um, At that, that time uh, Rugby Union was, was, was amateur at the, at the international level. And, you know, and, those were muddy and slow games, so it wasn't the the greatest uh, spectacle in the world. Whereas uh, whereas league was, you know, the likes of Martin O'Flye and that kind of stuff would just light light up the TV in in a few seconds, you know. So so it was a bit more attractive. I like soccer as well in that, but um, but unfortunately you never got the opportunity to play league. Uh, it just wasn't played in Ireland at the time um, at all. Um, but uh, how I got this role, my. Uh, with, the three boys here in Galway and my eldest guy, um, uh, I'll go back a bit, we, we were living abroad for about 20 years, so I'm back in Ireland about five, five six years and um, and he always was, you know, like the idea of rugby and that. So, uh, but we were living in Bulgaria at the time, so uh, not a lot of rugby there at all, bar the uh, sort of international team and uh, pub team, so I wasn't going to put my 12 or 13-year-old playing with uh, some lads from pubs but uh, as soon as we got here to Galway where my wife is from um, uh, he joined up with uh, Galwegians the local uh, union side and um, really after we were only here about t- two years I just saw something on Facebook from the Galway tribesmen rugby league side saying they were looking for uh, for young lads to join they were hoping to get an under-19s team together so uh, I showed it to, to James um, and He said, "Okay, I'll go along. And about four or five lads turned up. And uh, it kind of ended up that, you know, they they just couldn't get enough to get a team together. But uh, James really liked the training and all that. And uh, over in Australia, I had brought him to a couple of uh, rugby league games, uh, like the doggies against the the Rabbitohs and that kind of stuff. So so he had some exposure to the game. And um, he asked, would it be okay if he continued training? So you know his big thing was to keep fit during the summer kind of stuff, and uh, so they said yeah, and he was kind of holding his own with the with with the, with the lads there. So the following season he was only dying to get uh, back back into league, and uh, kind of really it's a case of whereas before it was like you know the summertime league to keep fit for Union, it's kind of twisted twisted about a bit now, but. Um, and really, I was just, uh, I suppose my face was becoming familiar, being on the sidelines. And uh, um, James uh, got to trials for the, the Ireland under-19s team when he was 17, and, and he got on. So I uh, got to know a few of the uh, you know the, the senior coaches and that. And um, and really, that was it. I mean, I wasn't involved in any uh, in admin or anything like that, except for locally here with the tribesmen, I volunteered to be sort of a, a chairman as such but not a lot of activity to do with it but anyway the the AGM for Rugby League Ireland was coming up there last December and um, I think they um, they were kind of thinking look we need somebody who's got a bit of maybe chair experience which I had at various companies around the world uh, some business experience and somebody that would sort of be seen to be an objective and neutral if you like not not particularly affiliated with any one club, although the tribesmen, was obviously I would say, would be our home home side. And so, um, yeah, I said, okay, put my, put my name down. Um, before that, I wanted to really find out. I mean, how much time commitment uh, was involved? And and they were very honest and they said, look, there's a lot to be done. We've a lot of, on our plate. Uh, there's a lot of stuff from Sport Ireland as all NGBs have to comply with. And there's a big thing for the end of 2021 on like things around governance and all that kind of stuff. The things that are, you know, all the off-field stuff that's pretty boring, but it's really necessary. And um, they said, look, this is going to take at least 20 to 30 hours a week for at least the first three months. So happy enough, I'm semi-retired. So I uh, said, yeah, okay, that's great. That's um, that's a nice, uh, I have a hole there to to fill. And so I've, uh, really thrown myself hundred uh, percent, um, into it. Um, and so it's like, fundamentally it's a game, game, I really love. Um, um, I've got the added interest. Obviously my, my son is very involved. Um, but, uh, there's like a, just a great, great bunch of people. Um, I like all sports, but, but, but league is just great. Um, you know, the volunteers that just, just do the, you know, a lot and then more again and more again. So I was very, very happy to do it. And um, I'm having a bit of fun. It is a lot of work, but it's, uh, I'm having fun doing it.
0: Can you, can you paint us a picture of the environment that you've entered? Because like a lot of Irish organizations, it's, it seems to be quite factional. You know, there's some very strong views and, um, and various power bases from what I can gather and you can tell that I've spent a bit of time there because, you know, my wife's Irish and stuff. So how, how, what, what, what were those sort of challenges like that you, you took on? I mean, a, a couple of years ago, there was a bit of publicity about how many expat players should we have in our team, you know what I mean, and, and all that sort of stuff. So these sort of emotional issues, how... how can, you, can you talk us through that?
1: Well, maybe that's, that's um, the stuff you allude to is probably one of the reasons I, I was approached... Would I would I be interested? And uh, and there was, there, there was another guy as well was uh, was uh, interested in doing it, but I um, I end up winning the vote. But um, maybe it's uh, I should backtrack a bit. I mean I I said to everybody involved that I didn't have a huge amount of interest in going over like what's happened in the past and all those kind of things. And if you look at the organisation, it was run by volunteers who were from the clubs. And being from the clubs, um, obviously, you know, they are, their main interest is is their club. And it's very hard to leave the cap or the shirt of your club at the door as when you walk into the boardroom. And I think perhaps there's been a bit of that. Um, uh, being volunteers as well, I mean, these guys or ladies have been, you know, got a day job and then having to do a couple of hours here and there um, to try and keep the, the, the organization going and keep it organized. Primarily people would be involved and focused on the day-to-day, you know, organizing fixtures and replays and all those, those kind of things. So when it came to, particularly the likes of Sport Ireland, sort of saying, guys, you know, uh, you know, you need a proper constitution, you need this, you need that. there was, I think a lot of uh, pressure went on the, the last board and the, even the one prior. Um, so in those kind of situations when people are uh, starving of time, they um, they've, they've uh, they are strong personalities. And uh, as in any sport, uh, it tends to be the strong personalities um, get their voices heard and stuff. So um, it would be wrong to kind of color it that it was like a sport that was tearing itself apart or anything like that. It was mm. far, far from it. And to answer your question as like how I've dealt with it. Um, To be honest with you, I really haven't had to deal with it because Mm -hmm. we have a big agenda of things to do. Um, We've got those marked out. um, And uh, I have not, hand on heart, have not uh, come across any kind of uh, push or pull from different people. Mm -hmm. Um, The first first thing I did do was to to phone everybody. who had been on boards or, or, you know, were uh, involved in different ways. The head of the match officials, et cetera, et cetera. And and really sort of laid out who I was because, as as you said at the beginning, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know who I am. But I put in, like, what's my experience. And um, so my experience in business and that has been very much – uh, going into situations that were that were not ideal, um, you know, my last stint was in uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, you know, trying to modernise uh, what was the last phone company to be privatised, you know, and the first thing we had, you know, obviously the investors were American investors, and they wanted everything done in the first three months, and we inherited twenty three thousand people, and we only needed two and a half, so <laughs> you, know, you can imagine <laughs> the amount of. <laughs> push me, pull you, and things you have to do to, to try and get people to uh, believe in you and understand you and stuff. So um, maybe I have, I'm not trying to make light of it or anything like that, but um, I think when you've got a task to do and you point out what the, those tasks are, um, there's nobody who's trying to swim in the different direction here. Um, everybody wants the same same things at the end of the day. Number one is we want success on on the field. And People involved can see that in order to do that, there's a lot of off-field stuff that needs to get done as well, and um, and that's and that's basically what we're at. That's um, when you're busy, you don't have a lot of time to be thinking about uh, thinking about things that uh, are not not really uh, conducive to progress. Really,
0: there's a World Cup, we still think there is at the end of this year. Um, how far advanced are yeah. you in planning for that? As far as I believe the coaching appointments are finalised, are they, or they that they have been announced? They're, they're final for for this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. They 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 have been for a year, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um the the selection policy is that is the that crosses your sorry. desk? Does the selection policy cross your desk, or is that down to the coaches, or
1: the selection is is down down to the coaches. Um. And um, I haven't brought in any agenda or anything like that. Um, I have been involved in some other sports many many years ago, kind of stuff, and I I quickly learned that if coaches live or die by what their on-field results are, Mm. they have to be the people who are making the selections. Mm. Um, And I haven't seen any issues at all yet. Uh, The coaching team uh, is there. They they have been very, very busy. The, uh, I must say the, the Rugby League World Cup 2021 uh, grouping, um, they're extremely helpful. Um, really a, an absolute pleasure to deal with. Um, we've got our own uh, personal portals and all that kind of stuff that makes the whole planning thing very, very easy. So we have all our plans laid out. We've just signed off and the kit, kit design and all that kind of stuff has got approval for So, the pathway to playing the first game is very well set out, very well planned, and has been in train for for quite a while already. Now, as regards the um, the who's got to be on the pitch, the, the coaches have a f- pretty good idea, I think. Mm. Uh, they haven't shared anything with me, and at at this point in time, they um, that's that's their their concern. Obviously, things can. Can change as regards, you know, guys getting injured, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, there, there, there are some guys who are being targeted, obviously, to try and attract them onto the, onto the team, and we are uh, also looking at the, the guys domestically here here as well. Um, we've already had some on the some of the qualifying games at the at the end of uh, last season, which guy go, which got us here to qualify for for the World Cup, um. As regards the, I presume you you want the an answer to the question as regards the the thorny one which every sport has about, do you have quotas for domestic players et cetera et cetera et cetera I mean that's that'll be a perennial thing, and um, I I put my flag up right now um, I do not believe in quotas um, and speaking to uh, some players and that um, and you know they're very much of the opinion listen. I want to be on that team because I want to wear that green shirt because I'm worth it. I got myself there on merit, and for me that really fits into the whole ethos of rugby league itself, where rugby league came from and what rugby league is. Wherever it's been, I mean, I've, I've I've worked and lived in Australia, uh, in Northern England as well. So I've I I understand the culture and uh, and really appreciate it and really really like it as well. Um, Funny enough they at uh, rugby league seems to thrive in communities where plain speaking is uh, is uh, appreciated rather than uh, being too too political mm. so um, I'm not going to be political about it if you like the um, the rugby league has said it's always be based on like it doesn't matter who your father is or what school you went to you're there because you're the best for that shirt. And um, and I think the guys who who take take the field hopefully in October November, um, I mean every single one of them is will be as proud as anything to put that uh, green shirt on, and uh, irrespective of where they come from. Obviously, we want to uh, develop the domestic league here ourselves. We want to bring on players and get them there. And uh, I mean you you know the great story of Ronan Michael and that and. I know Ronan's probably sick and tired of his name being being bandied about, but you know he's the guy at the moment. He's the he's the story, and he's the one that we want to emulate across um, the uh, the playing groups that we're bringing on. Uh, we've had record numbers of like under sixteens, um, and coming on to under 19s now as well. Uh, Two thousand nineteen was just a, a fantastic season uh, for for both of those groups. Out of the blue, the first time the an, an Ireland under 16s team uh, beat an international crowd which was uh, Scotland um, and the same with the under 19s as well Funny enough uh, poor uh, Scotland as well that they did they did they beat but anyway the um, that's the way forward um I'd meeting with uh, all all this the the, uh, the national coaches including the um, Stuart Litter and uh, Jed for the for the World Cup Uh, team and they are working as a group and we had that meeting last Saturday night and this is the commitment from these guys Uh, they we were supposed to just have a quick kind of talk but that went on for hours and hours and out of that came um, I must say it was one of the most positive meetings I've I've ever attended whether in business or whatever it was really exciting and the the feeling afterwards was um, was exciting and, and very positive stuff the stuff that these guys want to do want to do for the for the young guys in the domestic league here asgard's bringing on like having a proper under 16s league and the competitions for them um and the under 19s Well, now we've got an, an under 20s because of you're probably well aware the last year's under 19s european championship was uh, postponed to the end of this year and and uh, the RLAF and their Wisdom have made it an under twenties competition, which I think was a, a great idea because you know to give that those bunch of lads still the the uh, the opportunity to put on the green shirt and um those those guys I, you know with the COVID uh, we haven't been able to train uh, we tried to get a few kind of uh, training matches and training things before Christmas uh, twice we actually had two arranged and uh, really at the 11th hour they they, they had had to be cancelled which was a real kick in the teeth for them so um, our main focus last Saturday evening was to how are we going to be able to almost like re-engage with those guys and also uh, give them something, show them that we're uh, you know, wanting to invest in them as regards uh, their, their own personal training because still for a while here in Ireland we are going to have to guys are just gonna to have to train on their own certainly looks to probably be to the end of March now um, so we really we really want to want to do that so we've already got uh, something in play um, I can actually share it with you once once we have it done I, I prefer to uh, um, under promise and over over deliver <laughs> so um, but we but we've got a particular plan in place for them and it's something that's not, it's not just for them it'll roll out to the under16s and to the um, what we call our, our our clubs, our domestic clubs team as well, and basically it's to it's for all clubs within Ireland playing within the island of Ireland uh, to get their players on there, and it'll be a way of uh, them being identified that they, they wish to to go on, and that their coaches can sponsor them as being um, you know as they say of good potential, and then. You know, be invited for trials, and if they get through that, then then they really are into. We we will we are putting in place uh, quite a comprehensive um, uh, support structure, uh, right down to uh, personal videos being reviewed with uh, proper you know SNC coaches uh, as like Olympic standard SNC coaches and that. So, um, so the future for us is the following World Cup. We really would like to see. Probably at least at least four, maybe. I'm not saying that's not that's not going to be a rule, but they would be really. We want to get guys up up to that level, and who, the national right? game is a professional game. Are these guys we don't have come... a professional league here at home. Yep, are they, these four guys is theoretical.
0: Four guys are they guys who've come through the domestic system, or are they guys who, in twenty twenty five, will still be in Ireland?
1: The. Um... Well, that's just what I was trying to get onto. There is that the the international game is a professional game, mm-hmm. so you need have you need to be playing at that at that at that level at professional level. We don't have a professional domestic league yet. Sometime in the future we 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 may do, but we have to build build up the numbers. But uh, so they we have to look at pathways to uh, getting these. Guys with potential who've proven potential to get into get professional contracts, be that the UK, Australia, or wherever, and then they are they, they they have the wherewithal from the professional point of view. Rather than training once or twice a week, you're training once or twice a day, and uh, along with the the skills skills acquisition as well, of course. So. I would see that probably those four guys or whatever they've got to be would be guys playing somewhere in the world under professional contracts.
0: Um, can I ask you about the question of professional clubs in Ireland playing in, 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 in the English competitions? Like, it's been mooted over the years. It was an early part of Super League, just the book I'm working on at the moment, you know. 1996, they were saying we're going to get teams in a team in Dublin. And, um, and there, are, there are clearly... There, is, there are big population centres without full-time professional rugby union teams in Ireland. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and do you see it as part of your role? Or is that the role of, you know, entrepreneurs and, and businessmen to come up with these franchises and it isn't anything to do with you? What, what are your thoughts?
1: Um, I would see it as being more more to do with us as regards the governing body than not. Mm. Um, the... To get a uh, professional team, they they have to be affiliated with some um, organisation. And within Europe, there is a, a governing organisation. So the quickest way for a professional grouping to get themselves accredited, I suppose, would be the would be being being uh, being uh, with ourselves. I would, I, off the top of my head now, you if you hit me with this one, but off the top of my head, I would. I, I would think that um, having such would be uh, needs to be part of an overall strategy, mm. and and to fit, fit in with that, if we've got, I mean, the ideal, of course, is to have a professional team, um, uh, Dublin or it could be Cork or Limerick, because you need to be near or near an airport. But but Dublin is obviously. Um, uh, uh, Probably has more advantages. Uh, it's got a big, big catchment area, and uh, all, all, the, all the roads lead to Dublin, as you know, as kind of the old, as to say, about Rome. So, um, so, so it's pretty easy to, to get to from the uh, for, from really anywhere on the island, and it's got the it's got the flight flight connections, that kind of stuff. The the whether that team now could be maybe playing in Europe or maybe not necessarily the UK. Uh, the UK would seem to be probably the championship or something like that, or, or the level beneath that. Obviously, we'd have to get, get ourselves up. But um, that's something that, that certainly could be done in partnership with somebody because at the end of the day, this is going to cost money.
0: Mm.
1: Now, um, whether they, whatever competition that that team would be competing in, would be part of the sort of sponsoring or co-funding or something like that. That's that. Those are obviously uh, different uh, business models that that are possible. The um, the the preferred route for me, anyway, is that is that we develop this ourselves as being part of the our strategy, mm. and uh, and having everything going into to that point.
0: There is a um, Irish team in the proposed Euro 13s, isn't there? So, that, is, that, is that is that cool with, with rugby league Island? or is that because you know obviously there are different models. Like in, um, I don't think the Toronto Wolfpack had much of a relationship with the Canada Rugby League at all. You know, um, some of the expansion teams um, don't really get on that well with the, go- the local governing body. The Brisbane Broncos and the Queensland Rugby League hated each other. You know. Um, so so yeah I what, what about the euro 13s what are you what are your thoughts on that
1: the um with the a, a, a european competition is is always um uh, an, an, an attractive one it's a, a kind of attractive one to sell as well domestically here because people like to see um i mean anytime been locally here i live in Galway so anytime Connacht or playing toulouse for instance you know the crowds go up it's a French side, so let's you know, let's let's see. Okay, <laughs> the Munster games are always the big games as well, and Leinster or whatever. But the <laughs> the um, on the the other side of that coin, though, is the expense. And I I know pretty much off the top of my head, and other people have told me that that for that kind of competition, you're talking about a a million euros probably mm. a year to 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 partake of that. Now, they they obviously they to to be able to generate generate that kind of revenue, um, it's going to be a challenge, you know. The um, the they, obviously the travel is would be huge, huge, huge aspect of that. The um, you mentioned the Toronto there and not having much to do with the, the Canadian uh, rugby league. They yeah, the Toronto were very much a commercial enterprise and. Um, I think if things are just purely a commercial enterprise, as regards sport, it lives or dies by its profit. Mm. Whereas, if something's from your national sport as such, you can get other sponsorship from government uh, agencies, sports agencies, those kind of stuff, and you're not. How would I put it? The 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 metrics of success are not profit. They are more more inclusion attracting more members those kind of things yeah profit obviously would be would be good and being able to make make it uh, self-sustainable but um i just tend on on just on a I, on a personal basis i tend to you know not be that attracted to um sports teams that are purely just a commercial um enterprise um I don't know sometimes to, to get into the the big league or to create a big league like NFL in the US, uh, it's it's just it's a, those are those are companies that happen that their product happens to be uh, people playing a game on the pitch. Um, here in Ireland and certainly for rugby league for for the foreseeable future, for the horizon that I can see at the moment is that we we need to build up uh, players here. We're we're obviously a, a really minority sport, um, and we have, apart from the other countries that have got you know difficulty getting rugby league up, we've got Gaelic football and and hurling like number one and number two, mm. and then you've soccer, and then you've got rugby union. So so um, uh, I mean even field hockey has got more more than we have. So so we've a, a way to go. Um, it's good to have dreams. It's good to have ambitions, but we need to get our stepping stones correct as well. Um, You could have a commercial enterprise that, I don't know how much would they be reinvesting into an under 14s, an under 16s, an under 19s team to help develop up. There's not a lot of profit margin there. You're more, I would think, maybe buying in talent, selling talent, and uh, that's maybe not, not the way, personally, that's a personal note that uh, that I I particularly would like to go.
0: Last question there, Jim. Um, thanks for your time. And by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a subscribe button down there. Um, the relationship with Rugby Union. Um, what is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? Um, do they do they are they nice to you? What What's the situation
1: there? Um, that's I. I would imagine that, that that's that from what I can see so far, it's very much on a, a localised basis. They, um, there's been no kind of official anthem between me and the IRFU as yet, but I definitely would like to have a conversation with them at uh, some stage because I see uh, great, great synergies. There are tremendous synergies as regards the sport itself. The direction that Union is going um, is going more in the direction of league I think that to, not to be too simplistic about it, but when you're looking at the tackle height, and that kind of stuff, the the whole thing about offloading and those those skill sets that are fundamental to rugby league are getting to be more important in uh, union, and you can see that particularly in in Australia, your 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 home country. I mean, guys are pinging over and back between the two codes all the time, almost as 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 if it's uh, nothing, and and each of those players, for each move, they improve. Mm-hmm. They're a better player. And um, I don't, and I'm certainly from an angle. i certainly don't see us being in competition. I would see it that there's there there should be a, a, a there is a natural synergy, and also time wise, um, really being our league starts when their league finishes. Mm-hmm. So um, so competition wise and all that. Now the only Potential downside I could see maybe union guys would say well we don't really want our players you know playing twelve months of the year um, I think maybe maybe talk talk to your players as well that <laughs> but, uh, but what I see um, a role that league has is there's um, particularly from academies um, with union here and. Um, you know, talent's brought in, guys of 14, 15, 16, and almost like at 17, 18, 90, they're, they're being kind of let go. And particularly guys of that later teens kind of age, they tend to be lost to rugby. Mm. It's whether it's just a case of I feel a failure or I did my best and I've been I've been rejected or they don't really want to go back to their club with their tail between the legs, you know. You know you're a reject from whatever, and I think it's just a terrible pity for Union uh, that those guys don't go back to a, a Union club. Uh, but uh, there's a path and a path to putting on a green jersey with uh, with League. So I would see, and my approach with with Union would be to that end that that we can help them and they can help us. So I think we we can work uh, work together. Certainly locally, um, I know with the Collegians here um, and uh, Corinthians. There, there hasn't been any kind of issue as regards any of their players uh, coming playing with the uh, the tribesmen here in Galway. Um, I haven't been in the job long enough to know if there's any kind of issues um, in the other in the provinces. Um, but um, but certainly that's 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 where I, my angle. That's where I'm coming from.
0: Well, um, we know. I was really surprised when I first went to Ireland to see a beer called Galway Hooker, and so. It uh, had many meanings to, to me, but none of them were here. <laughs> um, so maybe maybe you can get them as a, maybe you can get them as a sponsor um thanks thanks very much uh, for your time Jim It's uh, really uh, great to speak to you and uh, is there if people want to find out about rugby league island Thank you. Are, there, are there places people can go to kind of um, find out more about rugby league island
1: yeah we um, 're actually uh, one of, one of the first things we set in place we uh, 've got a, a full um, team of five actually six guys in a, a, a new grouping committee as such, where they're basically doing media, but they're marketing communications. So they've been, since uh, the, about the first week in January, been working on a new website, which we hope to launch within probably 10 to 14 days. Okay. So um, the current website ha- has had its issue. It has been a, quite a clunky thing, very difficult to update. The new one will be a lot more, um, Zesty and stuff, and we will have how to join a club, which clubs are available, all all those good things, including our history and past games and all, all those kind of good 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 things. So watch this space. But um, rli.ie. Thanks,
0: Jim. I really appreciate your uh, your time and um, and good luck with everything you're doing and uh, stay. Tough.